Inconceivable. 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 Inconceivable? Hello. Hola. Welcome. You cut me off. Or did I cut you off? I I don't know. <laughs> Hola. Hi everybody. <laughs> Welcome back. Season four. Episode six. Is it episode six? Yes. You said you said that with confidence. I did because I looked <laughs> on my computer which one we recorded last. We are professionals. Yeah, we are. Sort of. You know, we're getting there. We are. We are slowly getting there. Upgraded some stuff at Christmas time. Yeah. Doing other things that professional podcasters do. We went from being random people with a microphone shouting into it in the dead of night to random people with a microphone shouting into it in the dead of night with a pop filter. <laughs> so it, we're, we're getting up there, man. <laughs> Next thing you know, we're oh uh, we're gonna have like actual, <clears throat> not squeaky chairs. You know what I want? I want cats the mics that don't disturb us. I want the mics that I see other podcasts using, like when they put videos or something on Instagram, and they have the actual mics that have a stand and that drop down in front of your face that have their own pop filters. Yes, that'd be so cool. One day. Yeah. One day. Yeah. That being said. We are going to do our best with what we have and give you another great story. I mean, an okay story. This one's pretty good. Is it pretty good? Yeah. Uh, Really good for fans of horror slash creepiness slash just overall being scared. (laughs) In fact, the listeners who voted on this episode, I can tell you with absolute certainty are some of the biggest fans of creepiness and horror that I know. Your mom? No. My mom? No! (laughs) (laughs) Actual people who listen to our podcast. There's actual people! And by that, I mean my cousins. Anyway. Oh, okay, well, there we go. So, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) You have Um, a story for us. I do. So, this one was on our list of potential topics to vote on, and it is called An Actual Killer Dream Outbreak. Dude, Freddy Krueger! Exactly! Ah, he was such a horrible guy. (laughs) I was gonna try to defend Freddy Krueger, I'm like, I got nothing. There's no way to defend that. He's a dingleberry. Pardon my language, but he's a dingleberry. Yeah! So, this story takes place in Cambodia in... You guessed it. I didn't say shit. I don't know what you... <laughs> the 70s. It takes place in the 70s. Hey, so again, like everything. I want to remind everyone, offers and walkers and listeners out there. Um, one, we didn't really introduce ourselves. You're Wonk, I'm Scoff. Yeah. But I have a theory. <clears throat> a podcast theory. That the reason all the crazy fucking weird ass stories happened in the 70s and 80s is because everyone was high off their bloody rockers. If it happened centuries ago, well, record keeping sucked ass. And this is coming from someone who loves history. And if it happened in the 70s or 80s, it's because everyone was really, really high all the time. (laughs) 
And the collective <laughs> amount of pot and everything else created a haze. I think, I think you're thinking stronger stuff, but yes. This is a kid's uh, show. Okay, it's not a kid's podcast. <laughs> Whatever. And all of that stuff <laughs> contributed to the alien sightings and all this all this stuff. Okay, that well, is my this, this might be hard to explain away with drugs. I don't but. think you've ever done hard enough drugs. <laughs> I haven't done period. They can explain a lot of shit. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Cambodia, 1975 to 1979. Um, This was during the reign of dictator Pol Pot and the party Camarouge. I'm I'm not going to lie, my Cambodian history. I don't know anything about it, but yes, Pol Pot and party is what I have in my notes. Uh, Yeah. So over the course of four years, two million people from minority groups died during his reign. Jesus Christ. So, I'm assuming Pol Pot is a he. Now I feel really bad. I mean, dictator is usually there. Now I feel really bad for not knowing. Yeah, it was pretty extreme. So the story starts off in a pretty bad place to begin with. Um, So it, it was around a quarter of the population and is actually, in terms of numbers, actually one of the world's worst genocides. So... Jesus. Yeah. So, usually, when you have... Well, I'll kind of get into it more, but what I'm about to talk about, it makes sense that this is the origin of it. Okay. You know? This much... Concentrated bad death. Shit. Bad shit. Yeah. Bad shit. <clears throat> so, anyway, there were these things called killing fields, unquote. Jesus, do we were... need to put a disclaimer at the start of this episode? They knew it'd be bad. I'm talking heavy shit, man. Like, anyway, there were these mass gave graveyards going on as well. <clears throat> and, like, basically the situation was overall so bad that a lot of people are trying to escape as refugees. Right? Uh, yeah. So this is where the story starts, is that the people are escaping as refugees. Okay. So, yes, I'm, I apologize if I failed to put a disclaimer. It's just... The, the bad shit is just to set the tone for why people were fleeing. Um, it's not part of the... <laughs> it's not part... <laughs> it's not part of the story I'm about to discuss, other than explaining that. I'd like to point out that I silenced my phone, and I put it in another room to make sure it would not disturb the quality of this podcast. I wanted this experience... <laughs> To be memorable and enjoyable for all of you listeners, because I care. Evidently, my co-host does not share those sentiments, and I apologize to all of you on behalf of both of us. Are you ready? I would like to point out Murphy's Law... (laughs) This is probably the only time I have not silenced my phone because I forgot, and of course, my phone goes off. It's fine. Anyway. She's lying to you. <clears throat> I have gotten, like, three points into my story, and I have, like, a page and a half to go, so let's get on with it. Let's um, get on. No, that's the other thing. Get on with it. Oh, okay. Um, so, people are escaping as refugees. Yes. Uh, so the actual outbreak that I'm going to talk about describes people in their um, people throughout the 70s and 80s 
basically, who are dying in their sleep after experiencing nightmares. Okay. And this is how they kind of figured out what was going on. So, it started, like, one of the first, I don't mean like it started, but one of the first cases that I have that is documented is in the 1970s, a Cambodian family fleeing um, when their son starts to have those nightmares. And in the nightmares, he's, it's like he's in some sort of danger, like he's being chased or something. Um, and... The nightmares were so bad to the point where the son was avoiding sleep for days. Right? Yeah. With me so far? And he's he's <clears throat> part of the group that's fleeing the genocide? Yes, so he is among the refugees. He and his family are among the refugees. Okay. Okay, and that the reason I had to say it is because it will be important. I'll get there. Um, so he was spending so much time trying to avoid falling asleep that obviously he eventually dozes off. Because, you know, you need sleep. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think you could stay awake. Like, I know they've done They've probably done studies. a lot of studies about it, yeah. And I want to say the longest anyone's ever gone without sleep was either around 100 hours, I want to say. I don't know. It was like five, six days. And oh. at that point, it's like, you need anyway. sleep, man. <clears throat> Especially if you're dealing with a very high-intensity, stressful, scary situation, such as fleeing your home genocidal ass wipes yeah yeah okay so anyways <clears throat> so he obviously has to fall asleep eventually and of course is found screaming his parents rushing over to try and help him as he's having this nightmare and when they get to him he is already dead well, that's so sad. it happens very fast i already have a theory I, I know you do, but let me continue. <clears throat> it goes on. As more and more refugees, um, you know, are fleeing, you'll notice the thing that is in common with all of the cases I'll talk about is that they are male refugees from Asia who are fleeing from the killing fields. And it's called, for that reason, Asian death syndrome sometimes. Interesting. Yeah. So another case happened in 1981 where medics arrived at a refugee camp where a man was similarly having a fit in his sleep. Um, his heart was contracting wildly, is all they know. Okay. Yeah, and <laughs> they, they literally are stumped, like they can't do anything. They literally just watch him pass away in his dream. And... I mean... He's healthy, and he's reasonably young. Aside from the fact that the nightmare is obviously scary enough to kill you, going <clears> in your <throat> sleep is definitely the way I want to go. I... But hopefully not with a nightmare. Yeah, that'd be, like, the worst thing to be happening, like, to be experiencing in your last moments. Well, I mean... No. It's psychological terror, but you probably wouldn't be feeling physical pain. Yeah, but... Which one's worse? Like that—that that is a good question, actually. Like, yeah, I don't want to go to my death, not knowing what happens, you know, after death, and that having been my last experience—that really sucks. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, so it's a very creepy syndrome, obviously. <clears throat> so and. All we know about it so far is that um, 
a lot of the cases that were happening in these refugee camps, um, I kind of mentioned that they're usually male refugees. Um, there were a lot from Laos, where apparently it was like a communist country and soldiers were seen as traitors for fighting against Vietnam. I don't really know a lot about what that means. But um, in any case, uh, there's a lot of stress involved. Like either you're a refugee and you're fleeing from danger or you're seen as a traitor for fighting against Vietnam and you're scared for your life. You know, like there's... Whatever is happening, whatever's going on, it's some sort of high stress and high intensity. It's called a toxic living environment. Sure. Sure. Toxic living environment. And really, really powerful emotions happening. Our cat is playing with a squeaky mouse. Mealy Just like throwing like some elevator music and just be right back. Professionals with a <laughs> pop filter and two noisy cats. Oh my cats. gosh. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> so between 1981 and 1988, over 100 men from Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia die in their sleep, ages 20s to 30s. Interesting. So not old. Interesting. And <clears throat> you're you're the skeptical one, Scoff, so I ask you, coincidence? Yeah, no. Um, I, okay, so here's my arguments. You ready for this? Okay. So, when you say 20 to 30s, okay, what was, my, my first thought goes to, what was the life expectancy during a genocide? Probably the people that were fleeing were the people in that age group, because older people either, you know, got caught, weren't able to flee fast enough, etc., etc., etc. My first thought is PTSD, or I guess at that point it might have been called shell shock, mm-hmm. but they're under such a stressful situation men are more prone to heart attacks in general our heart health is you know crapola that the they're living through such stressful and dangerous situations that their mind is basically as they're asleep experiencing ptsd like some people do when something triggers them when they're awake Mm -hmm. because they're asleep they don't have a means to regulate themselves and they have a heart attack resulting in their death okay interesting that is my current theory very interesting I like it. I'm going to go through some theories, too. But before I get there, as some of you may have already guessed, or as you... What? Cthulhu. <laughs> you had to wait till I was already halfway through. What was what? I saying? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't... Stop it! I didn't think about it until... Okay, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's dubbed Asian death syndrome. Like, it's not always... I mean, there's obviously exceptions. And there's also exceptions in terms of the male. Like, there, it did happen to oh, one yeah. female... People wonder why. Why just one female? But anyways, um, so this syndrome, as you might have guessed, listeners, or as you might have heard Scoff sort of imply, this syndrome is the actual inspiration for Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy Krueger. Um, Who is essentially, if you don't really know much about the film, it's basically a ghost killing people in their dreams, right? Yeah. Something like that. It's weird. So, like, side note here. So the story of Freddy Krueger is a story about a man who... I think it's been retconned a few times. But it's a man who was doing, let's say, bad things to a bunch of kids. 
And the community leaders and family got together and burned him alive. And now he kills people in their dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Essentially. As like, revenge. Kind of a dick. As revenge is always the answer. How dare you kill me for the horrible things that I'm doing? <laughs> you must pay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I've heard it's a pretty creepy movie. Yeah. Given that it's old and that the effects were very different back then and stuff. Anyway, um, so Wes Craven, the director, actually read about Asian death syndrome in, in like some sort of news article one day. And, yeah, decided to roll with that idea, I guess. I, I wouldn't actually be surprised <clears throat> if a lot of movies have their origins similar to that. Like, when you break down a lot of different movies... Like, they, they have origins that are similar, whether it's horror-based, or even, like, like Avatar. Avatar is one of the greatest movies of all times. Is it really any different than the story of Native Americans in what is now Canada and the U.S.? Like, a settler comes over and decides to side with the Native Americans as European settlers are taking over. That's It's I pretty mean, much yeah. the story. It's basically the plotline of Pocahontas or it's Fern Gully. Just in the future with blue people and robots. Yeah, but still. Anyway, I guess you were right. Like, you know, a lot of art and literature imitates life yeah. and draws inspiration from draws it. Draws inspiration. But yeah, anyway, I just thought that was a cool detail. It is. Um, but moving on to investigators trying and failing to find an explanation for this. Because your explanation made a lot of sense, but there's, they still, they can't pinpoint precisely what is happening scientifically. There's yeah. really just theories, right? Well, I mean, I'm a genius, that's <clears throat> why okay. I got it on the first try, but, okay. you know. Anyway, so the only thing they do know with absolute certainty is that it is related to a heart rate irregularity. Yeah. So that they know for certain. So you said heart attack, and I suppose, like, that would be accurate. And it yeah. could be like an underlying like a, what's it called? An arrhythmia I think where you have a slightly mm -hmm. offbeat heart. Yeah. Right? Where you're already more prone to those types of things. Because that would explain why I imagine hundreds of thousands <clears throat> if not millions of people were fleeing. Mm -hmm. But only you said like a hundred or so died from this. Uh, Yeah, like that were documented at least. Yeah. And that would kind of explain, right? That only a certain section of the population mm -hmm. has, you know uh, heart defects. Okay. You know, and of those that do, only a certain percent are going to meet that criteria to be, I don't want to say susceptible to PTSD, because everybody is, but, like, susceptible well, in the way that it will affect them in their dreams. Yeah, but I do want you to be careful, though, because I, yeah, I'm, PTSD, attributing this to PTSD is not technically accurate. Well, we don't know, but well, it's my me, theory. Okay, yeah, just let me, just let me get into my theories, You okay? can into your theories. Because, like, it is... It is mentioned, but, like, we just, we have to be careful about the terminology. Just, yeah. I don't want to offend anyone who actually has suffered from PTSD and say that it's similar, you know? Like, it's just, it's Di a different thing. Disclaimer. <clears throat> we're not doctors or psychiatrists. I know, but, like, or physicians. Just, you know, like, it's, it can be related yeah. to it, but, like, yeah, it's just, it's a different thing. So, um, like, yeah. That's, that's most of what they know, but I'm gonna kind of break down the theories for it now. Okay? So... Theory number one is that uh, all of the refugees were exposed to a chemical nerve agent that is used in war, um, which 
This theory makes no scientific sense. Um, because it only affects males, and it only affects them during the night. So, no, and doesn't more, seem likely. More people would have died. Like, this is the 1970s and <clears throat> 80s, and this is post-World the War periods. Like, they've already developed mustard gas, which was incredibly lethal and effective. And if now they're like, yeah, we're using a gas, it's got like a 0.1% fatality rate that only affects males on their sleep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, So anyway, moving on to theory number two. This is kind of what you were saying a little bit. So this theory is that it's related to PTSD, which explains why it is happening in such a large wave to people who have experienced really heavy emotional and traumatic stuff um and that what is really going on is actually night terrors okay yeah so that's sort of where the second theory comes from but this also makes no scientific sense and does not explain why there are no females affected i that that was one thing i thought about the only explanation i have is that i actually don't know if men are more susceptible to heart attacks, or if we, like, it's just kind of like a stereotype. I actually don't know the statistics on that, because I know women also die of heart attacks. They're well, just it's far not... less likely. Okay, so what what I, I have heard it. from actual, like, doctors when I was getting, like, you know, I, I forget what I was getting treated for, but... Um, and I forget how it came up in conversation, but I have talked with this about an actual doctor before. And what I have been told is that men are not more likely to have heart attacks in a purely scientific and like when you look at the statistics sense. Men are more likely to feel the pain from a heart attack and immediately say, I'm having a heart attack and go to the hospital. Yes. Women are a lot more likely to feel the pain, say, I'm fine, and then not go to the hospital on time. So therefore, women are more likely to die from it than men are. That is fascinating. Yeah. I knew that men were more likely to go to the hospital for it, but I also just assumed that we were more likely to get I think, them. I think, purely statistically speaking, you might be slightly more likely as a man to get a heart attack. Yeah. But yeah, as a woman, you're much more likely to die from having a heart attack because you don't go to the hospital like you should. That's actually really interesting because it's the opposite of other things I like and I have no research to back this up aside from you and my own personal experiences I find that men are far less likely to go to the doctors for things like routine checkups and women are more likely well, to for routine checkups yeah no but I'm saying that's interesting that if you have like this chest pain <laughs> women are far less likely to like fuck that I have things to do pretty much right? I need to get this like, shit done women... guys are like <laughs> I'm dying. But when it comes to routine shit, guys are like, no, the game's on. And women are like, this is important. You and I are the typical (laughs) examples of that. Like, I'm on top of stuff. I go to the dentist and the doctor on schedule (laughs) once or twice a year like I'm supposed to. And then, you know, you're like, oh, I haven't been to see my doctor in like three years. Three years? No, it's been more than that. I don't think I've gone to see... Helping me make my. I know I am. I'm trying to think now. I don't think I've gone to go see like a family doctor or a walk-in clinic in five, six years. Yeah. So you're supposed to get an annual checkup. 
Just saying. Fine. So anyway, <laughs> that right there kind of explains that discrepancy. Just a little bit. Anyways, we should move on. So, yeah. Uh, so theory number three is kind of a jumble of things. Like, I couldn't even really pinpoint it as a theory. It's just kind of a bunch of extra little tidbits. Um, so, okay. So people... <laughs> Well, you have to take a deep breath before you read a theory. It's hard, you know it's a it's good one. hard to talk about. Like, so when you're in your waking state, um, it can, scientifically speaking, it can kind of mimic the physiological reactions as in your sleep. Does that make sense? Not at all. In Ugh. your waking state, like when you're awake? Like. Or when you are waking up? Like, your, your waking state and the... Uh, phys- physi- like, <clears throat> like when you're asleep and you're having a physiological reaction, yes, that right. reaction can be mimicked in your, like, body. actual body. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what I'm trying to say. I think I just wrote it in a very weird way. You did write it in a very weird um, way, because what you're saying makes total sense. Like, when yeah. you are in a dream and you have to pee... Yes. And you wake up and you're like, oh, I have to pee. Your physical body is influencing your dreams, but you're just saying the opposite can happen too, where your dreams can have an impact on your physical body. Yes, it's a a two-way relationship, right? So, yeah. It takes two to make a go right. Yes, that was what I'm trying to say. Um, So, yeah, and what I do want to clarify for people listening, because when I was first doing my research for this, I was wondering if people would ask the question... Is it scientifically to pause? Is it scientifically possible to die of fear? I th- I thought maybe some listeners might ask that question, so I did look into it, and absolutely, it was one hundred percent possible to die, not just of fear, but any powerful emotion. Really? Yes, you can die from overwhelming emotion. Period. Now, does that does the actual method of death is it heart related it usually is related to irregular heart yeah yeah i guess because if you're shocked like if someone shocks you enough or you're you're scared enough i could definitely see that interrupting the Mm -hmm. beating of the heart but like if you're ridiculously sad and and wailing and sobbing yeah shaking violently from from sadness i could also see that having an impact but i would also like to point out joy overwhelming even positive emotion is what yeah. I was getting to. So even excitement and joy too much can die from that. You heard it here, folks. We want you to go on the stoicism path. No positive or negative emotions. They're not good for your health. No, Instead, I'm just saying too much of anything is not good. Instead, <laughs> enter a meditative state Oh my or become a sociopath. <laughs> Don't feel anything ever at all. Looking out for um, your health. Yeah. So anyway, just that, just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. It's one hundred percent possible to die from fear and from other things. There are cases of people dying because they got too excited during a soccer game, or uh, <clears throat> too much <laughs> arousal. <laughs> it happens. So could that be how I die? Keep in mind. Anyway, so moving on from this specific case from the 70s and 80s area, which was dealing with these refugees, 
the, these aren't the only documented cases. Like, there's still this syndrome happening yeah. in other people. Um, so it's also called sometimes if it seems to be more of an isolated incident. Um, sudden, unexplained nocturnal death syndrome. Doctors so... suck at naming things. <laughs> Doctors and historians, man. Like, you've got people literally dying in their sleep from fear, and you go with, what was it, sudden? Um, unexplained nocturnal death syndrome. Like, uh, call it like Hades nap. Yeah, or, or, okay. Or like, I don't know. Death nap. Death nap. Death nap. Betty bye, goodbye. <laughs> like, something. Wasted opportunity. Betty bye bye. Betty bye bye. <laughs> Doctor, give me the news. What happened? I'm sorry. He he passed away. How? Betty bye bye. <laughs> we're so we're such horrible people. This is a really sucky syndrome. I don't think it's quite as sucky as the no sleep thing that we discussed earlier, but it's still pretty bad. Like dying in your sleep because you're so scared of a nightmare. Betty bye bye ain't nothing to joke about. So, anyways, um, so it does still happen, and there are of course exceptions to the general trend. Um, but it also um can be called Brugada syndrome because it is one of the highest killers of the young population of certain ethnicities. Really, which is interesting that it's it seems to be. More, much more likely for certain ethnicities than others. Usually I, Asian. I do wonder if a cause of it can be linked to, like, stress, like, like I, my theory was. Mm-hmm. Or if there isn't, like, a biological underlying, like, like you said, certain ethnic groups. And is that because of historical things? Mm-hmm. Or is that because of biology? Like, Well, that's the, exactly the question. Uh, is it biological or is it genetic? Yeah. Because, like, this is going to sound like, I don't, I don't at all mean this in a negative way, but bodies are slightly different depending on where you're from. Yeah, like, the like general absolutely. region. There are, there and, are some basic And, like, race things, right? Like, I know that there's certain heart medication that works better for, like, African Americans than, than yeah. for Caucasian Americans. I know that there's certain diseases or disorders that affect one group yeah. over another. Even, like, our current global situation we're finding that some mm-hmm. people are more susceptible to this virus than others and yeah. it's based on even actual ethnicity. physical things like related to biology but also your culture like wasn't there i'm trying to remember i i thought i read a story about an ethnicity that had some sort of extra something or other in their leg that helps them run really fast maybe there's a group of I can't people even remember. that live uh i think they're like a small small tribe but they live most of their lives semi-aquatically and apparently i don't know whether this is actually true but i've heard that they are ridiculously excellent swimmers and can hold their breath for like longer 10 minutes at a time and are better equipped to deal Mm -hmm. with pressure differences like we're all heard of people who can see underwater better than most people we're all human but we do have slight variations that tend to focus like are found in certain ethnicities yeah but also cultural Things are a factor. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're a, a culture that swims a lot, then over the years... It becomes ingrained in your... Yeah, it's going to become part of your biology. No, absolutely. So, anyway, it's just... It's really interesting. Um, but also creepy. For those of you who like creepy, fun fact, you could potentially have a nightmare and die in your sleep. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Yeah, anyway, I take back what I said earlier. Not the way I want to no, go. No, it's not the way I want to go either. So yeah, basically to sum up, all we know is it is a rare heart rhythm disorder which causes sudden cardiac arrest. Um, but funnily enough, it can happen while you're awake as well. What? At that point, isn't it just a heart attack? Well, or like, it's a, like a panic anxiety attack that leads to... Yeah, it's it would be like... Well, I mean, yeah, it's hard to explain. This is where we kind of cross into the territory where we discuss other things. Like, I believe night terrors are kind of like you're almost half awake and half asleep. Like, you're not even in one or the other, I believe. That's how night terrors work. Um, but what I mean by it can happen while you're awake is, like, you could have the heart rhythm disorder... And it could cause heart attacks while you're awake. Yeah. Um, but it's more likely to happen while you're having a nightmare because then that's getting your heart all... Yeah. It's a high you know, stress yeah. situation. Yeah, it's putting your heart in, in that stress mode. So I think the bottom line is that it, c- it can happen to anybody who's experiencing any sort of really overwhelming emotion and who may have some sort of biological or genetic factor involved in regards to their heart health. Yeah. Um, An increased chance of developing. Yeah. Etc. But, but when it comes to having experienced some sort of traumatic event or like, you know, as we mentioned, sometimes PTSD might be a factor. Um, and then you're having nightmares more often because of that. Those nightmares are more likely to put you in those high stress situations that are going to cause it. You're, you're not as likely to experience such a high, intense emotion whilst awake. I was about to say, like, I, I've i never obviously lived through a war zone or anything like that. But I don't tend to, in my normal day-to-day life, ever experience a situation that, that is that scary that I can't yeah. like, walk away from. Yeah. But in your dreams, I know I've had those. I know you yes. have too. Where yes. because you are in a dream, you are stuck. Mm-hmm. And on some level, you know you yeah. are stuck. You cannot get up. Because mm-hmm. even as you know it's a dream, you don't know it's a dream. Yeah, at the same time, it feels really real. Yeah, it yeah, feels I really agree. real. And it's, but you just know you can't get away from this for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So I could definitely see those experiences being, for lack of a better term, scarier yeah, than yeah. any you have on Because like, these, these refugees and, and people who've experienced this in like huge... Waves or like they've experienced it collectively as a group. Yeah. Um, they've obviously gone through something very traumatic and frightening, but at the same time, in your dreams, you can experience terror that's not realistic and that wouldn't maybe even happen in real life. Yeah. And I know that for a fact because as a child, I would have the type of nightmares where like you're running from something, but you can't run fast. Oh, the hallway. You know, like the. The type of dream that actually in- inhibits you from being able to do yeah. what you need to do to escape. Um, and that's, I think, what makes it all the more terrifying, is yeah. that when you're awake, you have control over what you're doing and what your body is doing, and when you're asleep, sometimes You're a passenger like, inside your own body. Yeah, a little bit. It makes it creepier. What I do want to... What I am curious about, though, <clears throat> with this, is how... Is this actually more common than we think? But we don't know, because you said it hits, it was hitting people in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. But we don't know about them because when you check after the fact, you can't tell. What I mean by this is, if you're living alone and you have this, mm-hmm. you had a heart attack in your sleep. That's what it is going to be, you know, in your 
Oh, report. like you mean... Oh, I see what you're saying. So right. unless someone actually catches it happening... Is it just a heart attack in your oh. sleep? Is that how it's reported? Like, is this actually more prevalent? Because, like, what group of people tend to live alone? 20 and 30-year-olds yeah, are the most unmarried. likely group unmarried, mm-hmm. right? And, That's yeah, it's still rare for them to die of heart attacks, but maybe this is actually a lot more common That's than we think. But to be fair, young people, I feel, also have nightmares maybe? I don't know. I, I'm curious to see if that's a factor, like if there have been studies on your likelihood to have nightmares depending on age. It might depend on your experiences, like obviously you're going to be a lot more likely to have nightmares if you have scary memories that kind of yeah, a world uh, traumatic war, memories that can permeate your A World War II vet might have more trauma- like nightmares than say a uh, someone who was just a farmer yeah. the entire life. Right? Yeah, just of like that's that's what I'm trying to say too. So I'm wondering if age is a factor and experience is a factor because I had a lot of nightmares as a child and that's interesting considering that as a child I had a pretty good life and I yeah. didn't have many things to worry about. But like I, in my adult life, like I can't remember the last time I had a nightmare. That would like, be actually a be really scary one. An interesting thing to study to actually, like, because on, on some level you assume it's true. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, even me when I was talking about the PTSD thing, I, I assume this idea of traumatic or scary experiences in real life leads to an increased chance of nightmares. Mm-hmm. But like, maybe it doesn't. That would actually be something interesting yeah. to look at. Like, I know you have nightmares if you watch, like, a scary movie oh, before yeah. bed. Yep. But focusing specifically on traumatic events mm-hmm. that happened in the past yeah. as opposed to something right before you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was a good one. Thank you. I like that. That was interesting. I hope our, you know, creepy horror fans who maybe have even seen that movie and Nightmare on Elm Street before uh, enjoyed this sort of background on it. Yeah. Um, I know I didn't focus on a single person in this episode, but I, I thought it was very interesting. I thought it was a lot like the sleep, uh, the family that couldn't sleep one that we did. So. Yeah. No, I liked it. And it's yeah. completely conceivable. I can absolutely believe mm-hmm. this happened. Yeah, the more I talked through it like, with you, the more I'm like, yeah, it's, it's absolutely yeah, very I, conceivable and makes a lot of sense. I don't feel, yeah, there was no, like, aliens or, you know, Cthulhu <laughs> waking at them through the fog or anything like that. Like, this just seems mm-hmm. like really bad fortune happening in the midst yeah. of a terrible uh, event or mm-hmm. time that yeah. uh, just took a few more a few more lives. Indeed. In Indeed. mysterious ways. Yeah, and as conceivable as it is, it's still very weird to think about if you put it in plain terms that there is actually such a thing as a killer dream. Like, that is very... Yeah. A very unsettling thought. And definitely, I agree with this uh, director, is very, very mu- like movie-worthy. Yes. So, dear listeners, the next time you tell your friends or your parents that you had a killer dream, be careful, because it might just happen for real. Oh my. That was pretty good. That was like, that was like dark, scary voice. It was a very, very dark, scary voice. Good job. Well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on our little adventure. Uh, we thank you all for your support. Uh, if you have the time, patience, money, uh, we do have a Patreon. We would love to um, 
Mm-hmm. We would love to have some patrons who can vote on episodes for us, but we, we have... also appreciate anything you can do that does not require your money. Absolutely. Like leaving a review. Show us to your friends. Yeah, stuff like that. Show us to your friends' friends. Put Grab your friend's phone, put us on, and then tape the headphones to their ears. Okay. So they have to listen it's to a us. a little bit extreme. It's, it's effective. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, yeah. It'll work. Our point, Scoff. We love all of you. Yes, we love and appreciate all of you. Anyone who, and everyone who is listening. And we hope you enjoyed. And we will have another exciting episode for you next week. We don't know what it'll be. We'll leave it up to you guys. And if no one votes, we'll probably get someone to vote for us. And yeah. It'll be exciting. I like not knowing what I'm going to do next week. It's kind of neat. Sure. (laughs) And we'll see you next time on Inconceivable. Bye-bye.